good morning, folks, and welcome to Psychic Brows. Yes, you are in the right place, and yes, you are correct. I am not Catherine. Catherine has actually tagged me in for the day. My name is Mel Lleras, and I'm Catherine's husband. I'm also a subconscious behaviorist and bioenergy medicine specialist. If you'd like to know more about those crazy titles, you can hop on over to 460's journal where, trust me, I get plenty of airtime to talk about myself. I'll drop a link down below. Today, we are continuing with Catherine's series, The Mystical Role of Our Animal Companions. And today's topic is Animals as Signs and Symbols for Protection. Now, I know there are a lot of you out there who experience this inexplicable connection with nature and in particular animals. And I know that it's often a curiosity for those of us who connect with energy in this way. We might wonder if we have animal protectors and what kinds of animals they may be. And what I'm going to tell you is that just like our other guides kind of shift in and out of life depending on need and circumstances, your animal guides do the same. In fact, I would argue that they're actually all on the same team. The one who steps forward is the one who can best communicate with you in that given moment. And I don't mean like, you know, talk to you or necessarily that you'll hear them. I'm talking more in terms of frequency communication. So I'm going to talk about this not from the psychic perspective, because I'm not Catherine, but from the lens of our unconscious. And what I'm going to say next could very well be a revelation to many of you out there listening or watching this. So make sure that you listen close because it is very important. But before I go on, one other very important reminder, show Catherine some love because they have been working so hard, so hard on these videos and these audios for you. Show them some love by giving them, you know, giving this video a thumbs up and then clicking on that subscribe button. Now, back to what I was saying. Beneath our consciousness lies our subconscious and our unconscious regions. Okay. That's not the big revelation. Be patient though, I'll get there. These regions, just like our brain has different areas that are involved in different functions of the body, our unconscious regions have different areas that function with our different states of being. And everything that happens inside of our mind is a part of that. So we have parts of our mind that we use to make active decisions observations, etc. And that's the conscious portion. We call this conscious awareness. But then the regions beneath are connected to those ways that we function without having any sort of conscious awareness of what is going on. For example, let's say you feel guilty about something. Being aware of the guilt, that's the conscious awareness portion of your mind. It's the part that, you know, coaches and therapists and psychologists, they're able to sort of work with, right? The mechanism that activates the guilt lies beneath the unconscious. And you're not going to know what that mechanism is because again, 
by virtue of it being in the subconscious, it's not within your field of awareness. So hopefully that makes sense as far as understanding the difference between being conscious about something and having it in your unconscious. And look, this is really important. I know it sounds kind of like, you know, a duh kind of a moment, but it's really easy to overlook and un underestimate if you don't pause and really think about what that means. A lot of folks mistakenly talk about things in their field of conscious awareness as if they were talking about things that were in the unconscious portion of the mind, but they're not. And again, this is really important to be able to differentiate because information that comes from the conscious mind really does need to be treated differently than information that comes from the subconscious layers. So case in point, our guides. When we communicate with our guides, the messaging arises from our unconscious. This is where the ethereal interactions, the energetic interactions occur. When you think of the ethereal worlds, the astral planes, whatever your terminology may be, these dimensions are not accessible through our physical states of being. So to really make this clear, let's take dreams as an example. When you experience a dream, you're doing so within the unconscious regions of your mind. While these experiences may affect your physical body, for example, you could sweat, you could talk in your sleep, your heart rate could increase, all sorts of things. But while you may have these experiences, your physical body is not actually located in that dimension of the mind. It remains right here in the physical world. And that's because all of these different energy states, the physical, the emotional, the ethereal, and everything else, all these different states are still connected. Our conscious, our being, our spirit, transcends all of these different states and exists in multiple states at once. And this is how psychics and intuitives and mediums, all those types of folks, this is how they can communicate with beings that are on a different state while being conscious and able to communicate with you simultaneously. And what happens with, say, a psychic is that they're present in a realm of their subconscious and able to bridge that area with their conscious awareness in order to communicate that message. But the talk doesn't happen through the conscious mind. The processing, sure, yeah. Trying to interpret the message, yes. That's all, you know, those are all conscious processes. But the transfer of messaging originates from within the subconscious. So, all right, now I'll bring in the animal protector um, and the guides portion, along with, you know, the connected signs and, and symbolism, all right? So let's start now with, you know, our new understanding of a psychic's, psychic's ability to 
actively bridge a region of their subconscious with a region of their consciousness. Most of the time, when folks refer to guides, they're not referring to animal guides specifically. And that's not actually an incorrect thing. There does appear to be a difference between the frequencies that non-animal guides use versus animal guides. So I'll go into further explanation of how the subconscious works so that this, um, you know, hopefully makes more sense to you. All right. So each of us is made up of layers upon layers of different frequencies of energy. And what's interesting is that just like most people tend to be either left or right hand dominant, most people also tend to be dominant in one or two very specific energy fields. And just like the left and right handers still can and do use their non-dominant hand, we also still employ our non-dominant energy fields. But what happens is that whichever is our dominant, whether I'm talking about our hands or, or our energy fields, whichever one is dominant is going to have a significant impact on how we experience this life. So think about it. Driving a car. Left and right hand folk have to think about it a little bit differently right? If you're eating dinner, say on a crowded table, elbows can bump if you're not aware of left and right handers. So these energy fields, which by the way, uh, are called the emotional and the physical energy fields, it's the same thing with them. It's not that one is good or bad, but knowing which one is dominant for sure would go a long way in reducing the number of times you inadvertently bump elbows with someone else. So I'm going to connect this now to animal guides, right? Or well, in a moment, again, just be patient with me. The significance of these two energy fields is in how life is experienced and do keep in mind that while I will talk about these momentarily in very extreme terms so that, you know, so that you get the idea, energy runs on a spectrum. So there are different intensities and levels. I'm just trying to, in all honesty, I'm trying to really stupid simplify it for this conversation, right? Okay, so what was I saying? Yes, okay. So the physical and emotional energy fields. So a little less than half the population could be said to be physical dominant, meaning that they connect to this world primarily through physical experience or through feelings. And a little less than half of the population tend to be somewhere on the emotional dominant side of the energy fields, meaning that they understand the world mainly through their thoughts. So keeping this in mind, when we talk about different frequencies that our guides use to communicate to us, the animal guides 
tend to use frequencies that are more connected to pathways that lead, or excuse me, the non-animal guides, so I'm talking about. The non-animal guides tend to use frequencies that are more connected to pathways that lead to thought. So if you get signs or clues that cause you to think or play detective and figure something out, if it's coming from your guides, it's going to be coming from your non-animal guides. So what they're doing is they're messaging. It's riding along the frequencies of your emotional energy field, right? So let's put into an example. If you've ever been driving somewhere and you notice a number come up repeatedly, I know a lot of folks notice the number 11. So let's say you notice that number and what's the first thing you do? You ask yourself, what does that mean? And bam, right there. It's not your animal guy talking to you because you employed thought. You've been given a hint to take into action, but the thought step still has to be done. When an animal guide is communicating to you, their message will come through that physical energy field. The, the physical energy field is the one that's most densely collected around your physical body. So you could say it's the closest to your physical body, which means that messaging that comes through that field tend to also be felt in your physical body. They are visceral. They are like gut instincts. So if you have ever been walking down a dark street and you suddenly get the feeling like you'd better turn around or you'd better step up your pace to get to your car, but you aren't necessarily thinking of why you feel that way, you just feel it and you just do it, this irresistible call for immediate action, this is likely coming from an animal guide. So are you understanding the difference? If not, ask me for clarity in the comments and let me know what's confusing you so that I can be sure to clear it up. So your animal guides, which can also be protectors. And many cultures have histories of identifying many different types of animals as protectors and guides. They communicate to you in a very instinctual way. You're not going to process it in the moment, um, meaning you're not gonna try to find meaning to it in that moment necessarily. Later, yeah, sure, of course, you're going to wonder, you know, what that feeling was, why you got it, etc., etc. But unlike the number symbol, you're not going to take a moment to try to interpret what's going on. At most, your sympathetic nervous system activates and your awareness is heightened. The sympathetic nervous system is a biological response to an unconscious command and the heightened awareness is a result that allows information to collect within your conscious mind. But the initiating feeling, 
is completely from another unconscious realm that you're connected to through those energy fields. Okay, now, signs and symbols. First of all, understand that there is a difference between a sign and a symbol. When it comes to kind of more advanced exploration and understanding of this type of material, things like this sort of difference, the difference between signs and symbols, look, they might seem inconsequential by most people, um, but actually they're pretty significant. So here's what we got to understand, because again, not applying the correct understanding could misdirect our interpretation of what's going on. So a sign, think of a sign as a very literal sort of message. For example, a stop sign on the street literally means you should stop. Or a sign that says walk. I mean, there's no room for subjective interpretation. It means what it means. It's no different when it comes to observing behaviors, whether those behaviors stem from the, the conscious or the unconscious. There is no argument. They mean what they mean. Symbols, on the other hand, are abstract and do actually carry different meanings for different individuals. So I think, I think Catherine mentioned something about abstract meanings when it comes to dreams and how to interpret dreams. I'll link that video below also if you want to check it out. It's a good one. Um, well, <laughs> they're all good ones. Uh, that one's relevant to what we're talking about, though. But in that video, without giving it all away, Catherine mentions that the meanings of symbols you might get in your dreams aren't the same for everyone. A snake isn't a snake isn't a snake. And the key word there is, in fact, the word symbol. So we can apply that understanding beyond dreams, right? Um, and in seeing kind of the messaging that surrounds us, I would say, if we can differentiate between signs and symbols, then we can know what messaging is literal and universal and should be taken literally. Um, you know, again, it's that is the meaning is not arguable and we can know what it is, right? Without having to figure it out. Um, we can know the difference between that and messaging that's abstract. So the abstract messaging is dependent upon our own experiences, our our own subconscious profiles and makeups. So Next question, next logical question would be, how do you tell the difference? How, how do you know if you're looking at a sign or a symbol? Okay. Look, one major way is exactly what I've been talking about the last few minutes. The meanings of signs are not up for debate. So, I don't know how many of you have ever had this experience, but have you ever, 
I don't know, planned to go somewhere and prepped everything the day before because you were so excited about this outing. So you got everything ready, put everything, you know, including your car keys all together right by the front door. So you made sure that you weren't going to forget anything. And then you wake up in the morning and you go to, you know, leave for your trip. And strangely, those keys are gone, right? So then you can't go in your outing. All right. So what do you think? Sign or symbol? Okay. So provided it wasn't something else, you know, like you just forgot that you actually placed it somewhere else and, or you didn't have like mischievous little fairies around, right? Um, then this would actually be a sign and it's a very clear message. No car keys equals no driving. End of story. There's no interpretation needed. This is a sign. <laughs> now, suppose that you go on this trip and along the way, an image of a fox shows up like seven times. And this is not normal for you. All right. Very abnormal. But you see this exact same image of a fox on, I don't know, maybe some packaging, maybe on a coin. Maybe you see it on like a blanket in the store that you stop at. You know, it's just like everywhere, right? Okay, so that's a symbol. That's up for interpretation. There is no universal definition for a fox. I mean, you know, outside of scientific nomenclature, but that's not what we're talking about here, right? So you see this fox image everywhere. And now, now there's a possible debate over what that could mean. And what it means is really dependent upon you and your relationship with foxes. If for some reason you despise them, then the symbol could be a warning. But if you run a fox rescue and you feel really connected to them, then it could be a really good message. I mean, look, there's still a lot of things that have to be taken into account when determining the meaning, but big picture, just generalizing, right? The main point is that the meaning is unique to you. So like how dream dictionaries don't tend to be the most helpful um, symbolism dictionaries, if they exist, I'm, I'm actually not sure if they do or don't. But I'm pretty positive you could go online and find a million websites telling you that, you know, this animal means this or that animal means that. Um, look, information, dream dictionaries, those types of sites, they're not going to be very helpful to you in most cases because they're drawing information from the writer, right? Or, or whatnot. Symbolism is very personal. It's, it's really the language between you, your conscious self, and you, your unconscious self. And it's, it's one of the areas where the language, the meaning, the context, it really is all about you. And when it comes to our animal guides and symbolism, 
you know, I think I mentioned that we have more than one animal guide, just like we have more than one spirit guide, and they step forth when necessary. So there are times when you need courage, let's say, and you need it not from the thought space, but maybe from the instinct space, because look, you can have courage come through your mind and you can have courage come through your heart or your gut or whatever part of your body you associate with instinct. Having it through your mind means decisively taking action, though you may hold fear about it, right? Decisively, decision-making, thought, right? But courage through your heart is purely instinctual without incorporating thought at all. Taking action, even if you hold fear, without giving it a single thought. And the animal guide that comes through for that instinct, look, maybe it's a lion. And I mentioned lion intentionally because that's a stereotypical symbol at least here in the US. A lion comes through for courage, but if you don't actually connect with lions, if you don't connect lion and courage on that deeper subconscious level, then a lion isn't going to be the animal that steps forth during that time of need. Instead, look, it might be your childhood pet chihuahua that evokes that emotion of courage. And when you need comfort, Maybe it's not your chihuahua that brings comfort, but maybe it's the robin singing outside your kitchen window. Maybe this is what you connect to comfort. And so when you need it, your spirit of the robin steps forward to bring that comfort to you. We have very specifically, and when I say we, I mean, I mean Catherine and I, right? So now I'm talking about Catherine and I specifically. Um, we have a canine protector, and that is Catherine's Maxwell. And boy, was he a bear of a black lab. I'm not kidding. He had occasionally been mistaken to be a small bear from a distance more than once. But he was in life and now in passing one of Catherine's spirit protectors. And I won't go into any of the stories because I feel that really is for Catherine to share, but I hope you're getting the point now. And look, if you want to hear that story, you should really put that in the comments um, and request Catherine to share stories about that big bear of a Maxwell. Boy, do they have a bunch of them. Anyways, what I want to get at is that we are surrounded by an entire team that we don't often hold awareness for through our physical senses. But if we can connect to our non-physical bodies and we can have awareness of some of the ways that all of our guides are assisting us, nudging us, holding us, guiding us in this physical form, if we want to get better at utilizing their help, it means dedicating some time, some effort, 
regularly and consistently to expanding our awareness beyond our consciousness. Being able to differentiate between different types of energies and communicate using different tools. And if this is something that you're doing or this is something that you want to do, I encourage it because in my opinion, it's worth it. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Catherine will be, ba will be back on tomorrow with what I am sure is going to be an amazing story. Please leave your requests for future topics in the comments below and be sure to give this video a huge thumbs up after you subscribe. All right, thanks for watching. Hey, thanks for joining. If you like more psychic or bra related content, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell and then you won't miss any episodes.